Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Thanks to my job, I'm pretty clued up when it comes to health issues, but I realised with horror the other day that I know nothing about the menopause. As a 41-year-old woman, while it's not here yet, it's probably something I should start to learn a little about. So instead of consulting Dr. Google, never a good idea, I've got our very own doctor, Kiara Hunt, a GP who specialises treating women and families, to come and give us an introduction to the menopause before it happens. So Kiara, thanks for coming along today. Um, Thank you. Really basic question to start with. What exactly is the menopause? menopause what's actually happening in your body so the menopause is the period of your life when your periods stop Um, and and definition of the menopause is um, a a year after your periods have stopped then you are in the menopause but what is happening is that the the body's sort of sex hormones the estrogen and progesterone are changing the balance is changing and that occurs as we get older and when we when we um, uh, stop having periods and are no longer fertile and are unable and are then unable to get pregnant, that is when we are in the menopause. Okay, and and I've heard the term perimenopausal. What what exactly is that? So perimenopause is the transition phase before the menopause actually happens. So bear in mind that, as I said, that the definition of the menopause is one year after your periods are stopped. What can happen is you can have start having irregular periods and symptoms of the menopause for months or even years after the menopause. Uh, sorry, before the menopause actually happens, and that whole period is called the perimenopause. That sort of transition from not at all menopausal to being menopausal is called the perimenopause. And when does it happen? Um, so normal is age of 45 to 55, so in that decade. Um, but average is about 51. Okay. Most women, it's about 51. And sort of abnormal, what, what I mean... How, Can it happen you, earlier? Yeah. Yes, so um, if it happens earlier than 45, it's it's abnormal. If it happens earlier than 40, it's it's termed premature menopause. Um, and if it's sort of between 40 and 45, it's um, it's uh, just called early menopause. And both of them are, are treated, and that's actually really, really important that you go and see your doctor if you think you're going through the menopause um, significantly early because there are some risks associated with that. Oh really? So what kind of what would you be asking your doctor about? Well, so um estrogen, which is the hormone that drops when you go through the menopause, has lots of protective effects on um our, our uterus, on our bones, on our heart, and if you lose that estrogen too early on in your life, then that can have a, a negative effect on those things uh, as your life goes on. So so if you have early menopause um or premature men- menopause, it's definitely advisable to 
to replace those hormones until you get to normal menopause age. And is there anything that influences when we get the menopause? I mean, I know that we talked about puberty in, pu- in an earlier podcast and uh, children seem to be getting experiencing puberty younger and younger, mm. probably because they're better nourished. And isn't there some data to show that sort of larger and heavier children might get the pen, um, not the menopause, <laughs> might get puberty, uh, might reach puberty a little sooner? Yeah. Is there anything like that that might affect the, the menopause? Um, no, so the, 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 probably the most big, best predictive factor when it comes to when you'll get your menopause is when your mother or grandmother got their menopause um, because that tends to be quite um, genetic how you experience it uh, isn't necessarily going to be the same as your mother or grandmother um, but the age of onset is and uh, it's not that if you get your if you get your menarche or your your periods as a teenager or a child late that you're going to get your menopause late there's no correlation that we know of that in terms of whether you're early or late with with it all starting, that you'll be early or late when it when it stops. And does it have any um, like how fat or thin you are, or how healthy you are? Does that have any impact on when no, you get it? It doesn't. Um, and you you described a sort of transition, and the perimenopause is something that is you know a sort of gentle transition. Mm. Can it happen suddenly? Yeah, um, it, it can, but it rarely does. So for most women, it's a period of months or years of, per- of perimenopause before the peri- menopause hits. Um, but for some people, it can literally hit them like a bus, and their ho- their hormones drop very suddenly, and they get um, those women will get quite extreme symptoms of the menopause quite quickly. But that is less common. That's less likely to happen. I mean, you've talked about you know the main symptom being that your periods stop. Mm. For women who don't have periods, um, well, so for example, if you're you, you're on contraception, you know that means you don't get peri- mm. uh, periods. How do they know that they're? I mean, can it happen without them knowing yeah. the menopause? So, so I said that. So the definition of the menopause is that your periods stop. Unfortunately, uh, that is not the only symptom of the menopause, and there are there are lots of other symptoms of the menopause that you'll get even if you are on contraception that stops you getting your periods. So most women would notice it because they're getting the symptoms. And is there a way to absolutely tell whether you're experiencing the menopause? Yes, you can have a blood test, um, which can show, it looks at the follicle stimulating hormone, which is one of the hormones that we, um, that, that is one of the female hormones we measure and that taken at certain times in the cycle can give us a good idea. Although it does complicate matters if you have hormonal contraception that you're taking because that can mask the, the true levels. So, you know, someone like me who's on contraception means they don't get their period. Say I'm lucky enough not to be experiencing those other symptoms, but I'm also not knowing that my periods have stopped. Yeah. Could I potentially be going through the menopause? Um, theoretically, yes. Uh, the likelihood of that happening is extremely low. Um, so, But if someone will say you're in that situation and you've got to the age of 55, um, then the, you know, the, then it's quite likely that you might have gone through the menopause so you could take the coil out and see. Or you could take a blood test and see whether or not the blood test says that you're in the menopause so I know that there are lots of kind of you know we'll talk about um, symptoms in a second Um, but obviously one of the benefits if you don't want to get pregnant or if you're on contraception is that you don't need to take contraception is that true so as soon as you go through the menopause can you stop taking contraception without risking becoming pregnant so one of the misconceptions is that once you're having menopausal symptoms you can no longer get pregnant and that's not true so as I said that perimenopause uh, uh, period where you are getting symptoms but your periods are just getting uh, just irregular um, you can you could get pregnant theoretically uh, then and you could even get pregnant up to a year or sometimes even two after your periods have stopped so the advice on contraception is if you if your periods stop 
after the age of 50, then you continue contraception for a year after your period stop. And if it's under the age of 50, it's two years. And if you follow that advice, there is very little chance that you will get pregnant. Yes, yes, very little. Yeah. Um, and is it possible at all to have the have a baby after your menopause has started or after you've had sort of perimenopausal symptoms? Yes, it is possible. As I said, with per- perimenopause, it is possible. Postmenopausally, once your periods have stopped for a year, then you're not going to you're not going to conceive naturally um, uh, with your own eggs. At yeah. least I mean, you, you, you could theoretically carry a baby. Um, with the right hormonal support, um, but but you're not going to get pregnant with your own eggs, and that's because you're so your own eggs taken at that time. Obviously, yeah. if you've got eggs frozen from a long time ago or embryos frozen, that's a bit different. Yeah, but you could. I mean, because you've still got a uterus. Yes, that you could still. Yes, potentially theoretically. Yes. Yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about what the menopause is like. I hear nothing but that it's awful and that it's miserable. And that's probably one of the reasons I haven't really talked about it or thought about it, because Mm. it's this sort of horrific chapter in my life that I'm sort of slightly dreading. What's it like to have a menopause? Mm. Um, So, I mean, menopause gets very bad press. uh, And and for some people, rightly so, because it can be really awful. And for some people, it really is awful. But some people sail through it without any problems at all, without needing any sort of treatment or help and and don't really notice many symptoms, period stop, and and it's not a big deal for them. So I don't think to... to, expect it to be awful is is necessarily realistic it's like all things when people are having a bad time of it they talk about it um and so people who are struggling with menopause talk about it because they're trying to find solutions and they're trying to get help and they're trying to help other people whereas the people who who for whom it's not really been an issue don't really bother talking about it too much because you know they don't need to and is there any kind of predictor about whether or not you're going to find the menopause difficult apart from your mother's experience? I mean, for example... But even your mother's experience of the menopause is not necessarily genetic. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to experience it in the same way. It's just the age of onset that when she got it that is that is genetic, as far as we know at the moment. But certainly worth talking to your mother about her experience and see and how she no, dealt with it. And there's no correlation between, like, if you were really hormonal during your periods, that that might mean that you're especially hormonal after or lack of hormonal yeah. uh, during the uh, menopause there yeah so there is some there yes there 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 is some data to suggest that it might be harder if you have bad um uh reaction to changes in hormones at other points in your life be that in your period or around pregnancy or breastfeeding um but that's not always the case you know i've looked after lots of people who've really struggled with with pms for example and love the menopause because they're not getting it every month you know so so it's it's and ha- didn't actually go through that bad a time of it so it's not everyone and what are the symptoms what's what, what you know what are these changes that might alert us to the fact that the menopause is approaching or indeed happening yeah so uh, Everyone gets different symptoms or experiences each symptom to varying degrees. But the ones that seem to be common to most people are um, hot flushes. So you hear about hot flushes. This is people describe it as a pretty unpleasant sensation of a sort of heat going up through the body, usually towards the face and, and the face then getting very hot and sweaty and feeling like you, you really need a fan or to be by an open window or to throw your covers off or take your jumpers off. And that usually lasts for, for five minutes or so and then passes. And, and, and people often say to me, I think I know it's happening because I'm getting these hot flushes or I'm feeling really hot at night and my partner's not at all and I'm throwing all the covers off and he's or she's tucked, you know, uh, tucked up in bed. So, um, so that's a really common one. Um, night sweats similar to when you're um, breastfeeding and you get sort of wake up at night drenched and having to change your sheets or night clothes Um, a lot of people describe problems sleeping so people who slept like a log 
historically never had any problems will start waking up in the night waking early being much more restless at night um so local symptoms so vaginal dryness is a really common um, and difficult problem for people where uh, sex becomes painful where they might be prone to urine infections where it just all feels quite dry and irritated um and that's because the natural you know estrogen is the hormone that keeps the um that prevents the vagina from getting dry so that can be treated and then we can talk about that and what else do people get? So um, mood is a big problem. Um, people, often people get low in mood. They get anxiety. They get um, problems with memory, problems with concentration. Um, that, 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 and I think all of this, it's important to, to emphasize that all these are symptoms that happen during the transition and during the menopause and for the years afterwards, how long it lasts. Um, but then, then those symptoms go. And if you've had a difficult, bad time with memory during menopause, it, it usually gets, becomes back after the symptoms have, have gone. But the symptoms are so variable. They can be a year or two before periods stop and go on for four years or so after, after the periods stop. What? No memory? No <laughs> sex drive? No sleeping? Yes. Oh, God, it sounds horrific. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, sex drive is another problem, decreased libido, um, because, again, estrogen drives that. Irritability. Um, so you know, it, it can be awful, but it, uh, but, but not everyone's experience. Is the weight gain a, a common factor? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you notice people's bodies changing yes. as they get older anyway. Yeah. So people do tend to report weight gain with the menopause, especially so centrally around their waist um, and abdomen. And, and what they describe, you know, the calorie int- intake stays exactly the same or you, people are eating exactly what they've always eaten, but they, they put weight on and struggle to lose it, mm-hmm. which is quite hard. Mm. I mean, I think what's also quite difficult, uh, you know, I said we could go into the menopause around the age of 50, which for many people with families is coincides with the time where your children are grown, grown up and leaving home. So, so there's and going a whole, through puberty and going through, well, or, or yeah, having just gone or going through puberty. So, you know, there's a whole separate topic, which is the sort of empty nest syndrome that um, that is really difficult for parents when their whole the last 20 years of their life have been devoted to their children. And then suddenly they're at a stage in life where their children are independent and 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 start to live their own lives independently of their parents and all this is happening so Mm. that obviously can contribute towards towards the um, psychological side uh, and problems that people might have around that age so I guess we should really talk about this a bit more and talk to our children about it Mm -hmm. and help them sort of understand but before we go on to that I mean you've talked about these symptoms that quite frankly don't sound that appealing Mm. is there anything we can do to make it easier I mean we're living in 2020 Um, medicine has come a long way is there anything that you know, we could do before the menopause hits to minimise the negative symptoms of the menopause? Well, yes. And and it's back to the basics again. I mean, there's lots of good evidence to show that people who, when they enter the menopause, are healthy. So they're fit, they're active, they're regularly exercising, they're eating a balanced diet, they're at a, they're a healthy weight, um, have much easier, have a much easier time of it through the menopause than than those that aren't as healthy and that doesn't mean that you can do that and you'll get you'll you'll have an easy menopause but you're more likely to if you've kind of got into those habits in your adult life generally ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then when it starts, I mean, we hear about HRT. Yeah. Hormone replacement treatment, is that what it stands for? Hormone replacement therapy, yeah. Therapy, yeah. So what is that and how does that alleviate the effects? So it's quite straightforward. So hormone replacement therapy is exactly as it says. It's replacing the hormones that you've lost. So, and there's lots of different types of hormones in our body. And actually, you know, for example, thyroid is a you know, thyroid hormone is a hormone, and being treated with thyroxine, if you have a low thyroid, a problem with your thyroid, is also a type of hormone replacement therapy. And this is hormone replacement therapy for the menopause, i.e., replacing the estrogen and progesterone um, that your body is well, the estrogen mainly that your body is no longer making in order to alleviate the symptoms that you're getting from not having that estrogen. And does it trick your body into thinking you'll not go through the menopause? Do your periods start again? Essentially, it, that's what exactly what it's doing. It it um, it treats it, it's yeah it's slightly, it is tr- tricking your body and it's it's continuing to to give you the protective effects that the estrogen. Um, gives you which we can talk about so there's some benefits of the of the uh, uh, hormone replacement treatments for the menopause um and depending on whether or not you have periods depends on what kind of hrt you take and that will depend on when you start hrt so you can start hrt before your periods have stopped in which case you can have a sort of a, a, a regime where you still have periods and then you can have a regime where you don't depending you know if, if, if you decide to start treatment after your periods have stopped well, so some people who are on that first form of hrt will have periods until they die no because when you get to a certain age you'll just swap to a regime where you don't have periods anymore okay um and and we hear a lot of i've certainly heard a lot of negative things about hrt is it risky is it dangerous to take hrt so uh, as with anything that there are pros and cons to any treatment but um if you speak to um, most sort of sensible medical practitioners nowadays it's generally thought that the benefits outweigh the risks of hrt if you need it and it's like with anything if you need it, it's not something i would advise if you're sailing through the menopause without any problems at all and have no other reason to take it like poor bone health or you know um, osteoporosis um but for the vast majority of women a treatment that gets rid of their debilitating symptoms if they have debilitating symptoms is worth the small risk of taking hrt and increasingly certainly over the last uh, few years it's become increasingly evident that the risks are are less than we originally thought you mentioned that there are benefits obviously to these hormones that Mm -hmm. are in our body before in the menopause and there are potentially some risks Mm. to not having those hormones what are they um so so estrogen uh, uh, you're saying what are the protective what are the good yeah. effects of estrogen? What are the yeah. Good, yeah so um estrogen is is cardioprotective so it ha- it it protects the heart and as as our estrogen goes uh down our risk of heart disease goes up so our risk of um having a heart attack or stroke or problems with our arteries which is why generally speaking men have 
higher risk of heart disease than women because they don't have that protective effect of estrogen. Maybe they should be having HRT too. <laughs> well, I think that could cause all sorts of other problems. <laughs> um, so estrogen helps the heart. It also protects our bones, which is why as we get older, we get fragile bones, we get osteoporosis, we get um, older women falling over and, and breaking their hips very easily because they um, their bones are becoming much more delicate. And estrogen is one of the hormones that keeps our bones strong. So some people are on HRT because they have such poor bone health that they're helping to strengthen strengthen that and so um there's also i mean obviously the obvious benefit of hrt is is, is treating the symptoms of, of menopause um but there is also um a um protective effect against endometrial cancer so that's cancer of the lining of the of the uterus yeah, cancer, cancer of the uterus. there too mm-hmm. god so so hrt uh, yeah is thought to is thought to protect to protect against endometrial cancer but of course you asked about the risk as well and there is a slight increased risk um especially if you take hrt for a longer period of time of uh, increased risk of breast cancer and possibly also ovarian cancer so presumably whether or not you take hrt and how long you take it for is judged very much on an individual basis Absolutely. and you've got a high familial risk of breast cancer that might outweigh the benefits well if you've had or... a history of breast cancer yourself you wouldn't have hrt and um, if you've had a, a mother or a sister with breast cancer you probably wouldn't either unless you'd had some testing genetic testing done um and so yes absolutely a decision will be made on each individual um on a case-by-case basis um and uh and and you know also so there's quite quite good doesn't appear to be much of an increased risk of, of of breast cancer within the first five years of taking hrt um and if so, it's sort of, they think the, the risk is probably no greater than about one extra case per thousand women per year. Um, so it, it, we're talking quite small, small numbers if there's a reason to take it. Mm. Um, so and, and also so the, 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 probably the greatest benefit and least risk is taking it under the age of 60. I think once you start going over the age of 60, then, then you're having less benefit and higher risk of it. So that's, again, a discussion that people would have with the doctors who are prescribing it for them as to, as to how long they take it for and, and, uh, and whether they take it in the first place. And how effective is it at alleviating these less nice symptoms of of the menopause extremely effective that's why people take it i mean it's not always straightforward to get there and you'll you'll hear stories a lot of people sort of struggling to find the right regime for them the right way of getting the drugs into the, the hormones into the body um and and it's not always straightforward for everyone um but but when it works it works very very well and does it alleviate all the symptoms? So your sex drive is back, yes. your vaginal dryness is gone, your confusion is gone. Well, your... it's not like you're getting confused. You just don't have such a good memory. You're not so... <laughs> Maybe I'm getting confused. Uh, what about weight gain? Does that yeah, tend so to go well, down? So, and so there's, there is... Um, um, there is uh, sort of different types of hormonal treatment. What I've been talking about uh about up till now is is systemic uh, treatment so so that goes through the whole body and therefore would alleviate all those symptoms you can also have hormone treatment given locally so topically so for example estrogen um a cream for the vagina to help vaginal dryness would just help the vaginal dryness not necessarily going to affect your mood um or your um night sweats so it, it will depend on what symptoms are worse for women as to what kind of treatment they might choose to have um, again, if you've got a higher risk of breast cancer, then topical estrogen, vaginal estrogen, is not isn't thought to pose any risk, any increased risk. Um, and and these hormones, where do they get these hormones that they're giving you from? Are they synthetically created? So um, lots of different places. Uh, so originally, the fir- the first type of HRT was was extracted from the the, the urine of pregnant mares, um, horses horses and it was called premarin uh pregnant mare's urine um <laughs> which which uh you when know, was this 
when yeah oh not that long ago I mean, in my practicing life, the people were prescribed that. Really? Um, Did you and, tell them? You're drinking <laughs> yeah, no, people know horse pee. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not. It's just a, a estrogen extracted from it. But you can extract estrogen from plants. You can synthetically make it. You can you can um, uh, you can make natural forms of it. And this is where there's a whole conversation around sort of bio identical, body identical um, h- hormones that um, that people will use for their HRT treatments. And and there's you know there's a, there's a you know, whole podcast we could do just on on and on... just very quickly on bioidentical hormones because I have heard that word bandied around a bit and it seems like amazing I mean I presume it's generating your own hormones to be replaced when you need them is that what it is no not at all no <laughs> which is why I'm not a doctor uh, <laughs> um, so bioidentical hormones there's there's lots of different types and it's actually quite important to understand it, I think but. Um, Essentially, bioidentical hormones are body made uh, are, are medicines made from the same chemicals or hormones that our body produces, or sometimes from plants and natural sources, rather than from, for example, pregnant mare's urine. Um, but there are different ways of getting those of being of being given those hormones and for the prescriptions to be generated. And um, there, are, there are some places where you'll get bioidentical hormones that are sort of claimed to be safer than classical HRT, but people think that means that, that they're not hormones and therefore don't have risk associated with them. And, and actually they are hormones in exactly the same way as HRT is hormones and has risk associated with them. But because they are... Um, they're not it's not being done in a regulated environment there are no safety studies for for the ones that are being made up specifically for women um and there's also no sort of feedback to the licensing authorities on like adverse effects side effects bad bad you know bad reactions that people might have to it um and and there's such a huge variation in the type of this, these kind of hormones that people might be pre- uh, prescribed that i think it's quite important for people to understand what what they're getting um you know a lot of them are what they call compound um hormones though they're made by compounding which is sort of sort of tailor-made it's sold as tailor-made hormones for your for your for your particular menopause but it's a bit like sort of making your own or the, the pharmacist and, do, and prescribing doctor making their own recipe for your hormones mm. um uh, which sounds great but it's not in any way regulated so it's very difficult to to say to people this is safe or that it's definitely effective because there's no studies to say that it's safe or effective or even safer than hrt so it's not approved and 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 nowadays a lot of the standard hrt regimes are natural are from natural sources so they're termed they tend to be termed body identical um and and those are uh, compounds that are approved and licensed um so i think i think i don't know if you're on hrt that is sort of a bioidentical it's worth asking whoever's prescribing it is this medicine approved by the regulatory authorities in the uk um and if the answer to that is yes then you're fine and if not then you just might want to think about the 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 risks versus the benefits that's not to say people don't often feel great on on the sort of tailor-made um uh, hormones that they're being given but there's not great evidence or regulatory control behind it yeah well i mean you know historically there have been plenty of drugs where we've done the trick but haven't been so great in the long term yeah i mean it's just a matter of of, of actually prescribing a medication that is regulated and and um and proven to be safe and effective um what about fa- increased facial hair once you <laughs> once is that a part of the menopause no. is that just like getting older yeah no that not directly what i mean it, one of the types of 
hormone replacement therapy is testosterone. So some people, it's actually not licensed in this country, but um, for treating libido, decreased libido is a little bit of testosterone. And that can give you a bit of facial hair or, or hair on the area that you're putting the testosterone usually. But um, but no, facial hair doesn't, it's not as if, it is a feature of getting older, but not specifically of the menopause. Okay, all right, that's good. Because I've noticed like a great big black sprouter out my cheek. I'm like, what? Where, where did you come from? But I, I think that's that. pretty normal. You have noticed that. No, I have noticed that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the other thing just to say um, about treatments for the menopause is that HRT is one form of treatment. And if your symptoms are bad enough, then it's definitely worth considering it because, you know, because it is very effective and it is actually pretty safe. And it comes in lots of different forms. And, you know, I'm sure we'll do further podcasts about HRT. You can have it as, you know, tablets, as patches, creams, gels, pessaries. Um, and then there are other um, sort of, treatments or things you can do to help um to help alleviate the symptoms that people might want to try before they resort to hrt or um before they want to try hrt like um you know like changing your lifestyle a bit reducing coffee reducing um, alcohol spicy food seems to make symptoms worse if you smoke stopping smoking can have a, a a really beneficial effect on your symptoms starting to exercise regularly um, sometimes treating the other symptoms. You know, I talked about treating vaginal dryness with with estrogen cream, or treating um, mood disorder with a, a, an antidepressant for a short period of time can be really helpful. Um, so I think it is worth talking to your um, doctor about about other treatments if that's um, if you've sort of got mild symptoms or if you want to try something before HRT, and even some herbal treatments which are again difficult as doctors to recommend because most of them don't have great sort of studies behind them sort of showing effectiveness but if you're going to look into that then um, for example black cohosh is a black cohosh is a is a is, an, is a sort of herbal treatment that does contain estrogen again something people have to be aware of because just because estrogen doesn't mean it can't be uh, natural um um that uh, and again if you have for example if you've had breast cancer you don't want to use black hosh um, St. John's wort is something that people use to treat mood, which can be helpful. But again, it interacts with lots of different medicines. So you have to be really careful about that. That can be what if you in case you're on other medicines. Yeah, exactly. In case you're on other medicines, because it can it can change the way other medicines work. And again, that's quite scary. People think it's uh, I'm getting it from the her, you know as a herb. I'm getting it from the from the health food shop, and and it can interfere with with other medicines that are being prescribed. Can talking treatments help with mood disorders? Yeah, especially as you know, sometimes it is a bit of an overlap between life changing and um, children, children not home needing and, you anymore. Yeah, and uh, and all of this. And, and then also things. things um, so just uh, just to finish on that, um, things in your diet, a bit like when you're breastfeeding, there are things you can eat that help. Um, you know, increase the milk supply is um, so phytoestrogens in the diet. So that's in things like soy, beans, lentils, pulses, that sort of thing. And they can help. Um, again, they're plant-based estrogens can help alleviate the symptoms. But you pro- probably might struggle to get a lot, enough of that from diet alone. So people would take traditionally a, a, a supplement of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, You've talked about how there's a danger um, if, if, if the menopause happens too early that mm-hmm. it can have a kind of negative impact. So it's really important mm-hmm. for you to go to the doctor. What if, is there any health impact of not having the menopause? Like say you're 16, you're still having periods. Is that something to go and speak to your doctor about? No, I mean, it's, it's very unlikely for that to happen, but... Um, Superwoman. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it's it's the same risk as being on HRT. So, you know, if someone is... 
is 52 and hasn't had the menopause yet, their risks are the same as someone with in the menopause on treatment because all that's being done is your hormones are being replaced. And if you just haven't had the menopause yet, then your hormones are there. They're not being replaced, but they're still there. So, you know, people people it's about lifetime exposure to estrogen and so you could also argue that someone who gets their period five years earlier than than the next person is also at higher risk because they've had five years longer of estrogen mm-hmm. um which is why i say to the women i'm treating you know certainly being on hrt till the age of 55 is really a very minimal risk because you might not even go through the menopause of some women till you're 55 and then the risk is exactly the same so um i think I think the important thing is that people are recognizing their symptoms and then looking at the different treatment options and not being scared of them if um, if it's going to really make a difference to their life. And so with HRT, the idea is that you're not then on it till the re- end of your life. You're on it for a you know relatively short period of time until yeah. the symptoms have... Until you, you hope the symptoms are stopped exactly. So I mean, there's no actually there is no limit to how long you could be on HRT for, and so you know theoretically you could be on it for years and years. But but what most people would do is they would they'd be on the HRT and then maybe four or five years after their their symptoms started, which hopefully would be when naturally they would be stopping. You try weaning off the dose and seeing if the symptoms return. If they come back, you up the dose again and keep doing that under your sort of doctor's supervision until you come off them and there there aren't any symptoms anymore. Okay. And do you think um, people are well supported over the, the menopause? Do you, you mean, you talked about you should have regular chats with your doctor. Is that always available? Uh, it should be. I mean, um, all doctors are tra- trained, you know, tra- trained in what happens in the menopause and what the treatments are. So you should be able to have a, an informed conversation with your doctor. But also once people, once we all get into the age that menopause is happening it will be a conversation that you know in the same way that you know when you're getting married you all you talk and think about is weddings and you have babies it's babies teenagers it's teenagers menopause it's menopause no, and I remember you know endlessly talking about puberty and getting periods when mm. I was at school and that was sort of the big subject of yeah. conversation but for yeah. some reason menopause has just not been a part not of cropped my... up yet well I, yeah there, there's there is lots of chat about it and and I, th- I think people are quite well supported there's certainly I think there's whole podcasts about the menopause there. Oh, there's a whole like series about the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, is there anything good about the menopause? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, actually, do you know what? Yes, I think there is. So a lot of people, especially if you're someone who's struggled with periods all your life, you don't get periods anymore. You know that is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to um, to you know to not have periods, a lot of people um, realise that periods and what go with them are quite expensive. So all the different sanitary where that you that you have to buy adds up the the contraceptives the, contraceptives, the painkillers for when you have your period the underwear the, all the things that kind of you end up spending a lot of money throughout your life on the fact that you get periods so that's a good thing um i think uh set like pms if people get you know mood or all kind of heavy period symptoms that 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 uh, is a benefit yeah but instead they're like feeling fat and suicidal no, because not necessarily. The... <laughs> not if they're on treatment. <laughs> uh, a lot of people get sort of other, like migraine, for example. A lot of people get period-related migraine. They will often stop, and migraines generally get better. And um, if you've got things like fibroids, or there are certain conditions that get uh, endometriosis, things that are, are are made worse when the hormones kick in every every month for the cycle. So that all gets better. And actually, I've got patients who've, who, and this is a documented sort of phenomenon. They call it the menopause zest. You know, where actually once you've gone through the menopause, you kind of have this kind of rush of physical and psychological energy and you feel um you know you feel quite empowered and you feel like a new lease of life and and you know for most of us this is sort of the halfway 
mark of our life you know yeah 50 50 so um god it's a bit unfair that our bodies are like you know right you're done you're done with producing children that doesn't matter if you get heart disease mm-hmm. or breast cancer mm-hmm. we'll just like it's fine you're sort of you, you feel a bit like you past your use by date don't you well i think it depends what your attitude towards it is and i think if you fo- focus on the menopause zest and you think about the independence and the freedom and the empowerment and the other half of your life you've got to live now free from periods and contraception it you know and pregnancy scares yeah and yeah and and the risk of getting pregnant exactly so um, I think we could probably put a positive spin on it. <laughs> well, I remember interviewing Emma Cannon um, for this podcast and she talked about um, how she she was really excited about her child, children getting their period. And instead of being being negative, she's like, we should do period parties. Mm-hmm. And actually, apparently that is becoming a thing. So maybe we should do the same for the menopause and mm-hmm. we should sort of encourage this zest and this new chapter in life yeah. and, and have parties and fun and yeah. just get through it. And there are lots of, we're lucky to be in, a, in an age where we can do something about the, the the negative aspects of it and then embrace the positives and probably also talk about it to our children you know they get taught about periods and pregnancy well, certainly when yeah. we're going through it because they're going to otherwise wonder what's happening yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well thank you so much Kiara I feel much more enlightened and informed um and probably a little less scared about the menopause good I mean it's worth having a look there's lots of good websites there's one called menopause matters that's um that I find really good I often recommend for my patients so if you're not sure if that's what's happening to you or you just want to know a bit more about it have a look at that and presumably if you are worried just go and see your doctor and they'll be able to tell you for sure whether or not that's happening yes absolutely great well thank you thank you all for downloading another episode of the parenthood please don't forget to subscribe rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast you can also follow me i'm on instagram i'm at marina.fogel but in the meantime from kiara and me thanks for listening and goodbye goodbye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.